Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. And you have horror. What did I say? You said horror thriller. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have vampires. I mean, what's the last time you did a thriller? I mean, I'll do a bunch of thrillers if you want, but you're not going to enjoy them because thrillers are very boring. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I don't do a lot of dramas. (laughs) Carly has romance. We usually take turns selecting for movie genres, movies that our opinions have not received the respect they deserve, but not now. No, no, nay, nay. This is the story of a girl. It's my birthday. Oh, shit. Sorry, something else. (laughs) Carly's birthday pick. This year, she picked... I picked 2022's The Lost City. All right, Woo! friends, now, now stick with us, because last time you were with us, Carly said she was going to do Cruel Intentions. And then she didn't. <laughs> and then she realized it was, it was her a birthday pick. a bunch of scheduling con- conflicts, and we missed a week or something. We missed a week. So we're doing Carly's birthday pick early. Yes, which is still in my birthday month. <laughs> wow. We yeah. just skipped a... Rotation. Perhaps yeah. I'll go back to it. Perhaps I won't. <laughs> well, you'll just already have your next pick picked out. Maybe. Very convenient <laughs> for someone who rarely thinks about what she should pick. <laughs> Which kind of sucks because I watched that movie in preparation. Did you? I did. <laughs> and I'll give you my thoughts if you want them now, but I'll No, rather, don't ruin it. I'd rather save them for when we do it for the podcast. Mm-hmm. All right, well. Spoiler my favorite character is not Ryan Phillip. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Also not Sarah Michelle Geller. This They're both awful. Yeah. movie was <laughs> written by Oren Uziel, who? who also wrote 22 Jump Street and 2021's Mortal Kombat. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, uh, wide range yeah. of genres. <laughs> there were four writers credited. The other one who isn't a director was Dana Fox. Welcome back to the podcast from The Wedding Date. Also wrote for What Happened in Vegas and Couples Retreat. Ah, Couples Retreat. And then the director duo, I believe, maybe twins, because I could not distinguish who was who. They are Aaron and Adam Nee, and they are credited with writing and directing the upcoming Masters of the Universe. I'm sorry, what? Not to be confused with Toe Nee. <laughs> N-E-E is their last name. <laughs> Toe. That's what Tony said when I told him. He was like, not toe, knee. Anyways. So, we are starring Sandra Bullock. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey! From Demolition Man and Hope Floats. Hope Floats. No one else floats. You're sitting on my chair. (laughs) We also have, welcome back to the podcast, Channing Tatum from Haywire. And apparently he voiced Superman in the Lego Batman movie. Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. We may have talked about that when we did Lego Batman last year on my birthday. Also, I think Superman says two things. But I don't so. remember. <laughs> <laughs> you may not have uh, picked up on that. You may have thought it was Chris Pratt. Okay. That too. Welcome back to the podcast, Brad Pitt, who's had quite a few appearances. I was going to say, yeah, I can think of a few. California, True Romance, Interview with the Vampire, The Mexican, Ocean's Eleven, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Inglorious Bastards, Troy. Wow, did I put him at the top of the list or what? Does that mean he does a bunch of shitty movies? (laughs) (laughs) He does a lot of underappreciated films. No, some of those are birthday picks. (laughs) That's true. Mm -hmm. Sorry. That's true. All right. Kick the dog. Also, uh, Stephen Lang, welcome back to the podcast from Tombstone. Yep. You do think Lawway. 
Daniel Radcliffe was in this movie. <laughs> yes. God, he's, he's not a welcome back to the podcast, but... Because Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> he either well, did Harry Potter or some really weird movies. <laughs> he does some weird stuff, but... He spent I his mean, entire childhood doing the safe film. Now he's an adult, he's doing the art film. Yes. That's what he wants. I mean, he doesn't need the money. He's got, to say, he's got the money. He can do whatever he's he probably wants. having the time of his life. Yeah. He only does that, you know things that he wants to do. Good for him. Okay, now you have to stop scratching. I won't promise to do that. <laughs> Talking about the dog. Oh. Because it's loud. So this movie has a 79% tomato meter with an 83% audience score. Wow. And a 60 meta score. And I just kept waiting for it to drop down to 59. <laughs> There's just so many So films. I could do the movie. There's so many movies that I, wa- I follow. Like 60%, 60%. Like, ooh, just. And you it start just writing bad reviews. And it's, yeah. <laughs> It refuses, so it will it's next held week. straight at 60 for like a year. <laughs> it will next week, 59. Motherfucker! <sighs> All right, so I have two reviews. Okay. First is from Neil Prescott, 19521. He said, this is possibly the worst movie I've ever seen at the cinema. So this is a good review. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, Brad Pitt has associated himself with such drivel. Boring, no storyline, couldn't wait for it well, to you, end. You saw Cool World, right? <laughs> One out of ten. <laughs> that was early in his career. Okay? I'm just saying. That's like saying he was <laughs> terrible in Thelma Louise. It's not like he's above movies. I've seen him in some stinkers. I saw World War Z. I like that. Did you? <laughs> I like it even though the book is a unbelievably much better, but it was okay for a zombie movie. Does it, can you do it on the podcast? I don't think we've done no, a zombie I can't. movie for a while. I, I've looked at it millions of times. And then on the other hand, Katie Washburn says, I expected to fall asleep in this movie, but was pleasantly surprised. Sometimes movies with lots of star power lack plot lines, but this was Romancing the Stone meets Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was intentionally camp and silly, but I stayed awake throughout and wasn't even tempted to doze off. I'm a big fan of Sandra Bullock and Daniel Radcliffe. If you want a fun couple of hours to escape reality, this will hit the spot. 10 out of 10. It doesn't sound like a 10 out of 10. It sounds like a 7. <laughs> it makes me like if it's watch, raining, you have nothing better to do. Go ahead and watch this. I will say it makes me want to watch Romancing the Stone, which I have not seen since I was like Seven. twelve. I watched it in but the last couple of years because some did? podcasts I listened to reviewed yeah, we watched it for some reason. So I, mean, I was I like, I've never heard of this. Too. So Wait, we watched it. Can we time out for me. You watch movies that are not for the, this podcast? Yes. <laughs> Very rare. Like <laughs> one a year. <laughs> but you made me want to watch Romancing the Stone. Because I thought that's why we did this, so she would watch movies. Yeah. Well, well could you did. pick it for my birthday? <laughs> I know you already <laughs> had two movies. <laughs> well, maybe you could just pick it. Maybe. Maybe it oh, could be my June pick. It's got a 63 Metacritic. Let me check Oof. here. Is it one of those that might qualify just because it's so old that nobody's seen it? What year, what year did it come out? 80-something? 86. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not that old. But it's not one of those I mean, famous 80s movies. It's younger than all of us. <laughs> no, no, 86 wasn't that long ago. I mean, that's... I remember 86 No, sorry, good. it was 84. Oh, shit. And then Jewel Your Ghostbusters of, came out. And then Jewel of the Nile came out the year right after it. Wait. Which is wow. also great. The year you were born? Uh-huh. Might be old enough. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I am 39 this year. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember I remember it vaguely, and I remember Jewel of the Nile, and I remember them both being good. But uh, it made all the fucking money, though. Yeah. I never saw Jewel of the Nile. That's right, it made $10 million. This is 1985. <laughs> no, well, there's also Romance six movies the came Stone, out that year. 
Romancing the Stone had a budget of $10 million, and it made $86 million. Woo! Woo! In 1984. That's why they fast-tracked. <laughs> fast-tracked that sequel. In 84, that was a shitload of money. Yeah, so, I mean, good. it doesn't qualify. I mean, they, okay. that was enough to buy a couple, you know, yards of cocaine. Hopefully somebody got some points on the back end. Danny DeVito, somebody. But they kept talking about romancing the Maybe not like, that. Uh, that all maybe. The, the, it was all over the trivia. Uh, the talking about Raiders sure. and romancing the stone. And I'm like, what the hell? What? And I'm like, I really need to watch this movie again. <laughs> you do. Well, you should. Because I saw it when I was, you know, like 10. This movie had a budget of $68 million. <laughs> I think and we had a And its gross worldwide was $192,907,000. Wow. It made all the money. All the money. The only way I was going to get it in was if that Metascore went down one point. And it refused. Or I picked it for my birthday. <laughs> Fucker. All right. What did you think going in, John? It's been a long day. I'm very silly. <laughs> I thought, I saw the trailer for this and was like, eh, I could take it. Lane's going to make me watch this at some point. And I was we saw the trailer for this Carly movie we were all at together. <laughs> this had to be something in the theater. It was something, the we all saw it because yeah. we were all like, oh, okay. Elaine wanted to see it. Because it looked crazy. Yeah. yeah. Bananas. <laughs> yes. All right. What did you think, Tony? Had you not like, seen it? No, I saw it. I thought you did. Did yeah. you see it in the theater? No, no. <laughs> we saw it because I found out it was on... It, it was, was on Paramount It was like Plus. your last birthday or something. And it and came I out on Paramount Plus, it, and so. I was like, hey, it's free on Paramount Plus. Fuck it. Let's watch it. Because we were going to rent it on something, Voodoo or something. And then Voodoo. it was free on a streaming service that Amanda had, so. Yeah, so like, <laughs> fuck it, we'll watch it. And we watched it, I was like, all right. All right. What'd you think, Elaine? I thought, oh, I saw this in the theater. I have not seen it since then. I'm happy to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Which I had thought, listener... I thought that the four of us went to see this movie together. No. That's not true. Me and Carly went to see this movie. <laughs> but John and Tony did not go. No. And I just assumed in my well, we memory, like, way. filled them in because we go see movies together all the... Well, not all the <laughs> not time. all but, the time. <laughs> but when we go to the movies, we're generally all going. Because yeah. if Elaine and so, Carly went to the movie, me and Tony did something. I think we probably sat here and I watched I think films. there's, like, three movies, you and... Four. Yeah. Emma. This yeah. one. Book Club. Uh, Little Dumpling. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or was it the or sing or I don't know it was a Dolly Parton thing no Dolly <laughs> was on Netflix but it was that it was there was a Dolly Parton yes movie. it was like Dolly Parton and, and Queen Latifah yes and it was about a choir <laughs> craze or something anyways no we went those are movies we saw Endgame we, we saw went together we went and saw something else <laughs> saw Endgame together or you and, just were at home I, <laughs> yeah sometimes every once in a while I do things with my friend I do things with Tony Just, all the time. Yes. Without you. But I only do it every once in a while. Because they're besties. Mm. <laughs> but they got no testes. Right. Oh, God. Like, I'm probably talking, I probably have a text conversation with Tony going on right now in three different groups. <laughs> yeah, but He's Jesus in the room. Christ. Gotta, but not everybody needs get rid to be as up groups, their friend's man. butts no. as you guys do. No, I'm not that kind of Meet up each other's butts. We're just in constant communication. <laughs> on more than one platform. I'm not in constant communication with anyone. I will, people will text me, I'll read it and put my phone down. People will text John and he'll be like, we were asleep. Okay? <laughs> and his phone starts going off. And he starts reading it. And I'm like, who is that? And he's like, I don't know, it's just the guys talking about stuff. I'm like, why are you picking up your phone? <laughs> because it might be important, it might have something to add to the conversation. <laughs> because he whenever, was, because he whenever, was whenever, fucking sleep. Because whenever we don't, we always go, 
83 messages. Jesus Christ, is the world ending? Oh, no, Vic's talking about Winter Soldier. <laughs> okay. And then John goes, it's just some dumb 40K shit, I think. You're like, Jesus Christ, I got it. Fucking yeah, now, USA we, now, now we always started with, sorry, John. So anyway, Tyranids and 40K. <laughs> That's so true. So he can go, okay, cool, I can ignore this for about an hour. <laughs> Maybe longer. They're very long-winded when they talk about 40K. I don't know. <laughs> they were in the G.I. Joe chat. They started talking about nonsense. I'm like, I don't even know what they're... I don't even know what this <laughs> gibberish means. I don't remember. But that was an accident. That was just wrong chat. No, that was just over. Tony and Vic, and you just started talking, and, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And Elaine's like, this is going on forever. I'm like, well, this is other, nothing. <laughs> the other problem is, I don't know how your phones work, but it doesn't tell you what chats are chats. Like, I like, um, what is it, Group Me? Yeah. The other one, because it says, you know, Tony's blah, blah, blah game, or yeah. Elaine's blah, 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 or John's no, blah, blah, blah. This is just broken down by no. names, and I'm like... Let me tell you. It's your phone's fucking fault. Because if you had an iPhone, we can... I we can products. If you had an iPhone, <laughs> Mr. Actually, actually, the only one in the group pro- group that doesn't have an iPhone, have you two. But you know. can name so the different chats. The group and then, oh, but like, we... We have a family chat that we change the name every couple months to some different uh, Spaceballs reference. You can name the chat so you can tell them apart. But we can't do that because there's a fucking Android, Samsung, whatever crap you guys got in the chat. I have a bunch of robots. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. It's very annoying. Ben doesn't have an iPhone. Nikki doesn't have an iPhone. Harley doesn't have an iPhone. That's a new chat to my life. doesn't have an iPhone. (laughs) I'm just saying, but it's the only ones that have iPhones. Can we talk? Truly. But... I don't, I don't really know. Can Anyways. we talk about the fucking movie? All right. <laughs> Everybody should have an she iPhone. said it. No, you should not. Hey, hey, Then you hey. can name the chats and you can keep it separate. It's not worth for having a, a, a Apple products. Apple and, products are superior. And the 17 group If you messages. like to program... Uh, um, what really gets me is we have so many slight variants on the same fucking group messages and it gets confusing sometimes. It does. Maybe you should... Is this the one with or without Joe? I know. That sucks. <laughs> All right. Is this the one so, Vic's in? Is this the one Ben's in? Is it, who's in this one? This movie opens with a nod to Indiana Jones, with a couple stuck asked, in I'm a sorry, temple. Carly. What? I Hold asked, that. I asked Joe, what, what, "What should I bring? Should I bring any food Friday?" Yes, Joe, and he was like, "What are you talking?" She's about? like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "I'm sorry, man. We have 17 chats going on. Never mind." And it was, it was, I, I was like, "You and Joe, not mm-hmm. the GI Joe one." <laughs> <laughs> that one probably wouldn't have helped because I would have saw John and start G. talking. That is funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so the Joe would be like, hey, well, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. When I had to find the chat here today to ask what time we were podcasting. I had to really scroll down. <laughs> yeah, because we don't chat that much in this chat. No. We chat mostly in the putt putt chat. See, look what happened now. <laughs> All right, you know, Indiana Which chat. one used to be the Demio chat, now it's the putt putt chat. So I actually wrote, the movie opens with a nod to Indiana Jones with a couple stuck in an Indiana Jones temple. <laughs> yep. the temple Surrounded by snakes. The author realizes that this is kind of silly and too many things about it don't make sense. So she deletes the scene. Then we see that she is very behind on her deadline and avoiding her agent or editor or whatever Beth is. Um, I want to say it's her agent. Oh, was that me? Yes, you're dropping shit all over dropping my floor. shit everywhere. <laughs> Uh, Beth calls to try to keep her on track and have this book finished before the tour starts. Which in the beginning, for some reason, I thought it was the book for the tour. And I was like, you can't start. It's not like that movie junket. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> or you don't have the movie. You can't have a book tour when you don't have the book. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was dumb. But was it's like, a tour of, for her previous It's going to take six book. months before the book comes out. 
Mm-hmm. Right, it's not a honking for the book. Yeah. But the tour and is her for penis is not like book. coins. She's had complaints. Or maybe they're going on tour in this like romance cons so that they can get hype for her. I new think book. they're promoting the book. I yeah, think it's the, the other, romance novel hype. Man. The last yeah, you know. book is coming out and they're promoting it so that they can build hype for the next book. Because mm-hmm. it sounds like maybe her sales have been down. Because she's not really into it. Because <laughs> she's above it. I hate that where the writer's like, oh, I'm better than this, but I'm going to do it. I anyway. have thoughts. We'll talk about it. Okay. So, Loretta Sage is a famous romance novelist. I do like her name, Loretta. Who is ready to end a long series. Her husband passed away five years ago, and she just wants to stay at home taking baths with Chardonnay and wallow in comfort. She finishes the book. Which five years seems like a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, if he had passed away a year ago and she had the last book had been pretty much yeah. done and now she's struggling with this book because now he's passed and she doesn't want to write about this character that was kind of a nod to his archaeology or whatever. Yeah. Five years is a bit too long. It seems like... What's the appropriate amount of time? Not. It's not... It doesn't seem too long for her to still be sad. It seems too long for... For the storyline of her book. Yeah, for her <laughs> to just want to sit at home and drink Chardonnay... All of a sudden, after five years, you've had four other books come out. <laughs> you're an author of a popular series. You're writing one book. You're releasing one book a year. Typically, yes. Romance, yeah. I mean, at least. Them that's a, romance that's authors a long can time write, for romance authors is one book a year. <laughs> like, the popular authors that I follow, they write two to three books a year. They're usually writing more than one series. So they write one book, and then and to help them, they kind of switch, you know? Mm-hmm. Usually writers have a couple of different projects, because if they write the same characters, it gets boring. That's what it seems to be the, the thing that they say. I heard that from George R. R. Yes. <laughs> but... Um, but like so she's she's got to be releasing money at came, least he was like you know what <laughs> um, one book a year or people stop yeah talking about you you to stay relevant you got to release one book a year or you won't have a following anymore so, so i think maybe he should have passed a maximum of 18 months ago <laughs> I've, heard, you know, I've heard about that barnes is okay but that noble but guy's just, a real prick it just seems <laughs> weird on the timeline because it would be understandable if she was struggling to write this book and she, all she wanted to do was sit at home and never leave the house because she's sad and whatever. Like, that makes sense if it's more recent. But if it's five years ago, you've written books since then. Got it. <laughs> and the five right. years doesn't add anything to the story. Doesn't, no, it doesn't. doesn't. Further the plot doesn't make any difference whether it was five years or 18 months. All right, so... She goes to the launch event for the tour, which is at Romancing the Page, another nod to Romancing the Stone, a Los Angeles romance fair. They dress her in a fuchsia sequin jumpsuit, and she feels like a nerdy figure skater. She's very uncomfortable, and this is very impractical, and she has to wear it for two hours. It's on loan, so be careful. I don't (laughs) understand this jumpsuit. I don't understand the purpose of this jumpsuit. I guess because I guess she wants to hide in a corner and I just hate, I it hate, won't let her. I hate in movies <laughs> when it's like, show up and we'll, you know, we'll talk about what you're wearing the day of and stuff. People plan that shit, especially like something that's important to you. You're going to plan it, wear, know what you're wearing like a ben month ahead. Ben has been planning it, but she hasn't like, been. She's like, well, I'll just wear whatever she tells so. me to and hopefully also, it fits. And Alan, I get how Alan wants to have a certain look because he is the cover model and, yeah. you know, whatever. But the author, nobody cares but what the author nobody cares like. what she looks like. Yeah. They just want her to be 
presentable. She could wear like a fucking Afghan dress and everybody would be into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She could wear jeans and a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> like, really, if you look at, I've never been to an author event, but if you look at pictures, the authors are just regular people dressed like regular yeah. people. They're, <laughs> like, they're not wearing sweatpants, but they're in clothes that fit them well and they look comfortable and... yeah. Yeah, this outfit is ridiculous. But the tour is to remind people that this series used to be a top-selling series, and Loretta Sage seems to a little romance, but Beth isn't hearing it. It's a top-selling genre, and this series was a top-selling series in the top-selling genre. So, so that's like 16 wall breaks. So oh, sorry, that's there's, there's, She's like, but it's just romance. And she's like, but romance is a top-selling genre. <laughs> this is the thing... Um, Beth, by the way, is a great character and has an excellent point because it is a top-selling genre. But people who belittle romance, which nobody's walking around belittling the fact that you like Star Wars. Well, I mean, people are. But most people, like, you can like whatever kind of movies or whatever that you want. Mm-hmm. Like, grown-ups watch cartoons. But if you read romance novels, people look down on you. And it really bothers me. And I love Beth's enthusiasm oh, for it. About me. But the fact that Loretta, a romance writer... Mm-hmm. belittles romance is very upsetting and irritating to me because romance authors really embrace their fans in their genre. They kind of have to in mm-hmm. order to write that. And imagine their agents do too. Yes. Especially and when their agents make a lot of money off of it. It does take, like, to write a consistent happily ever after every time, that is the one thing that is part of the genre and makes it as opposed and to fiction. it's something that like, people always complain about, but I'm like... In a crime novel, they always catch the bad guy. In a mystery, <laughs> they always solve the mystery. Yeah. Why is it so bad that in a in a romance novel, there's a happily ever after? It's the same thing. You know what's going to happen at the end of that mystery. You, you know what's going to happen at the end of that crime. Even in a horror novel, usually somebody survives at the end. Somebody gets away. It's not quite the same. I'm just... People need killing. But... But And people who read romance don't care if you like romance. We just don't no, want to really be don't. belittled for it. So this character well, but the really part of it bothers is, is me. There's, there's romance and there's porn. And everybody mm-hmm. thinks romance is porn, but that's not, the, that's not a fact. But mm-hmm. how? It's the same, you know. Also, nobody with cares if you watch remember. porn. But if a woman reads porn, that, oh my God. <laughs> 100% I have a problem with that. Hundo P. But... John watches all that fuck Ray Donovan. There's so much fucking sex in that show. But if I read a romance novel that has sex in it, all of a sudden I'm reading porn. But, he just, but every episode spends at least 15 minutes of people fucking. That's not true. How much time is it per episode? You think? 14. 10? 14 and Seven minutes. Thanks. Still. Like. It's this, it's this and what's, weird what's double And what's wrong with standard. Ray Donovan? Mm-hmm. Like. I agree. I. I think it might be misogynistic. I don't really think there's a lot of things that people say is misogynistic is actually misogynistic, but I think this might actually be. Ray Donovan is for women. I mean, I don't actually think Ray Donovan is for women. (laughs) I don't think it's for men. I don't think it should be any for anyone because it's awful. But but that's just like my opinion, dude. It's It's a moot point. Like a cow's opinion. Yeah. Um, Well, Ray Donovan is over. So we'll just skip right over that. All right. Just saying. You could say that about um, billions. Yeah, but how? Bill many... show has a lot of fucking in it. The industry, which is a series that Tony made me watch. <laughs> Thanks for that. I think we probably... you liked it. But 
I'm there's just two saying, seasons and they nobody fuck blinks a lot. an eye when they watch a movie and there's fucking in it. So why is there a problem if there's fucking in a book? Mm-hmm. It's most of them. It's about the same level of. With Reginald's quiver. And, but Remember. the people in the book are having a good time. The people in that movie, that ain't comfortable. Nobody wants to <laughs> fuck on a staircase. But you let her drink. Look what happened. <laughs> then we get fun. We get fun. No, she's mad. It's I didn't even do anything. I enjoy that. Okay, so. <laughs> Tell her, Tony. That was yeah. Tony's fault because he said, well, some books are romance and some books are porn. No. I mean, well, they are. there are you is happy? a difference between Are you happy with what you did? Erotica. Look what you did. That's yeah. true. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Most people think romance books are erotica, but they're not. I've read both. Yeah, Tony has read some of my books. Not that I'm a writer. Some of the books that I have purchased. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're your books. You, I have Love in the Time of Cholera. I still haven't read John it. has not read hardly any of my books, but John's not a big reader. Maybe well, if I got him a book on tape... Them, to to yes. see the pers- the author. I'm going to read Love and Time of Cholera never. So, anyways, anyways, so a good author is a good author no matter what their genre. So Loretta is very nervous. She's out of her element. She hates these things. Also, Beth has arranged for Dash to be here to help soften the edges because everybody loves Dash except Loretta <laughs> because she thinks Alan is stupid and thinks he is Dash. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is also very insulting. She says he's a glistening, embarrassing body wash well, commercial whose shirt always flies off. They're called himbos. They're very popular in Hollywood right now. So. True story. They're like, suck it up and get out there. No grumpy face, no big words, no boring academic talk. Dash is introduced right after her, and he arrives in a cloud of smoke with a Fabio esque. Long blonde wig. It says Eong, I O N G. And he can't believe it's not bother. Yeah. They both take questions, or he both takes questions that were intended for her and turns questions for him over to her, which I thought was very strange. <laughs> I mean, it seems like he hasn't read any of the books. Probably not. But later, I think he. I think he's read them all. Yeah, I think he's read all of them. I actually think. He knows that the books... I mean, he has to know the books aren't selling very well. Because this is a big part of his living. Mm-hmm. But he's fully embraced... He is what I want. Someone who's fully embraced the community of romance yes. readers. <laughs> so I find him... Look, he he's like the give, guy that gets in a sci-fi happy. movie and yes. goes to all the to cons. have a good time. Leans into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good for him. You know, you find your niche and... Yeah. So, uh... But I do understand why Loretta... Like, sh- I don't think he embarrasses her, but he definitely chomps her flavor a bit. Like, he chomps interrupts her. her. Yeah, chomps her flavor. <laughs> so, um, Loretta wants to talk more about the research that went into the book than the romance, and the audience wants the romance and for Dash's shirt to come off. Loretta's like, fine, I'll take his shirt off. <laughs> yeah, she makes everything worse. She does. She, uh... She goes to grab his shirt from behind at the lapels, and as she's doing so, she says, this next book is going to be the last one with Dash in it, because I'm killing him off. And then, <laughs> and then her watch gets stuck in the wig, and Alan ends up on the floor in front of the stage. Like he falls off the stage. Has his wig yeah. stuck in her watch. And uh, it's pretty... Embarrassing. So, uh. <laughs> I'm gonna buy a wig like that and just walk around with it. <laughs> so, uh, in the suit, in the suite, Beth is very upset. 
If Where would you buy? There is another that? book. It will start with Dash Costume being dead. Book? If there's another book, what the heck? They have to get to an interview, and as they walk, Dash. Right there. This, I, I call him Dash the entire movie in my notes because I didn't want to. Alan and Dash? Yeah. It was I much. would have called him Alan the whole time. Because, <laughs> Alan. Because he's Alan. Yeah. Um, um, Alan, who has been trying to figure out how she kills his character off, tries to talk her out of it. And she turns to him and asks, she's like, you know you're not Dash, right? And he's like, yes, I know. You're, he, she's like, you know you're a cover model representing a character that I made up. And he's like, yes. <laughs> I know. He tries to tell her that this book series is bigger than just her. And how many people love the books. How many people make a living off of her writing these books. And, uh, and you know, this is bigger than her. And she's like, I don't care. They'll all be fine. They'll find a new author. They'll find a new author who wants them on their cover. They'll find, you know, there's she other She says people. something very condescending to him about how he can usher in a new segment of his career, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Can't remember what exactly she said though. It was condescending and rude. She sounds like a giant bee, but Dash we know that like, that's not the real her. You're not happy. You never leave your house. You should be out experiencing things. That, but you're too afraid of life hurting you again. That you've turned into a human mummy. And she <laughs> mummies are human. Just walks away. <laughs> and that's a cook tells her. That. <laughs> Loretta eventually finds her way outside and kicks over a trash can and then immediately is apologetic uh, and asks the valet to call a car for her while she cleans up the mess. I'm surprised she was able to clean that up in that jumpsuit. <laughs> also, it appeared that there was sand, so there was like a one of those old tinies. <laughs> Haven't seen one of those since I was a kid. And while she cleans up the trash, a guy comes outside and tells someone to pull the car around. Dash talks to a cook about how he never says the right thing around Loretta. He just opens his mouth and says stupid things. And she always says smart things. And he's like, I should apologize to her. A black SUV pulls up. Loretta gets in. A guy gets in on either side. And she's like, look, dude, I didn't order an Uber pool. And they're like, nope, you're coming with us. And Alan comes out just in time to see her looking scared trying to get out of the SUV. And he's like, oh, shit. He actually says shit. Mm-hmm. Now he knows you got a couple eyes. Her car that the valet called pulls up and is like Loretta Chase, and he's like, "I'll take the car," and he's like, "Nope." <laughs> but does Alan like GoBots? No, I doubt it. Elaine's <laughs> got his arm over the chair thing. <laughs> Loretta is carried into a large room to meet with Abigail Fairfax. One of the media mogul Fairfaxes, but not the one who just took over the company. That's his little brother. Leslie. <laughs> he is surrounded by charcuterie. He said, I heard you like cheese. So, so. I got all the cheese. <laughs> and he did get all the cheese. I love that his name is Abigail. And nobody has any cheese. <laughs> I also love cheese. I find this disappointing. <laughs> No, the only cheese she eats is the cheese Alan brings her later. It's a string which, cheese. A string cheese, which That's he had in his backpack. <laughs> I'm like, I said to John, there's no way I'm eating that cheese. It's in, it's hot. We're in the jungle. I'm not eating a string cheese you pulled out of your backpack. Oh, man. Wait. Bring me a granola bar or some crackers. Oh. 
some but crackers. He, some crackers. Those are from Canada. That he's not interested in the media company. Don't you know? His interests lie in hidden items around the world that defy possession. He is determined to find the crown of fire with the cascading red diamonds that she has written about in her book. And she has translated some of the language, which was a, a thing that she did with her late husband, because they were interested in this tribe and this folklore as well. She's like, this is a joke. <laughs> and, and she's like, you're an idiot. You really got me. This is hilarious. And they're like, no, this is not a joke. They have found the lost city, and the only clue they have is a bit of parchment with some writing on it. She's the only person alive who might be able to decipher the writing and find the two. And she's like, I will respectfully decline. I also would respectfully call bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a little ridiculous. I'm like, so this is the one person on the entire planet that can decipher this. Nobody else figured that shit out? Who taught her? Yeah. Also, <laughs> Tony goes... Couldn't he just take a picture of it and send it to her and she can do it at home? Yeah, there's she no reason. Come. <laughs> there's no reason for this kidnapping. No. You can just film everything that you find well, and have her study it. The reason is because it's, it's a, a, a campy movie. movie and it's silly. <laughs> she is the one. So he's like, well, she got beer I'm very disappointed. And he offers her a ride. She's like, no, nah, I'm cool. And they're like, no, you're coming with us. They chloroform her and they take off in his plane. Back at the hotel, um, Alan, Beth, and Allison have called everyone, and no one is going to look for Loretta for at least 24 hours. She's a grown-ass lady who didn't want to be there and left. <laughs> yep. Alan remembers he met a crazy ex-military dude at a meditation retreat named Jack Trainer, who could help them. They call, and he's on the case. He's like, hey, do we have her phone? And they're like, yes, we have her phone. Or does she have her phone? Because he's going to search for the phone. They're like, no, but she has a smartwatch. It got stuck in the wig. They have her phone, so they can look for her smartwatch using her phone, and they can track her. So we're watching this, and John goes, it's Brad Pitt. That's awesome. Because Sandra Bullock was the voice on the phone in Bullet Train, and he's the voice on the phone in this, which I looked up in the trivia, and she actually, she came here, she was on Bullet Train. Clearly. And because of that, she asked him if he would do this movie. <laughs> they had never worked together previously. Hmm. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> well, he doesn't really do romance movies anymore, and she's pretty much very hardcore romantic comedy. Well, she found and he her wouldn't, niche. He wouldn't have done this movie before. He's in this. He's in this thing now where he just kind of jokes around. He doesn't really care. He's got enough money, so he either does, he does super serious projects fun. that he cares about, or he just does fuck around shit. You know, he's kind of like Matt Damon. It's gotten that way too. A lot of them have gotten to the, like, dude, who cares anymore? We just do whatever we want. So, <laughs> Which, I mean, Which I is cool. respect that. You know, it's great. I love that there are actors out there that do that. <laughs> so they Shit, realize... actors that only make the Hallmark movies. Yeah. Yeah. But after Legends of the Fall, like, Brad Pitt did not want to do a romance again. That's one that. of the reasons why he... Didn't he do Joe Black after that? Yeah, I don't know that that's really a romance. That's 100% romance, no. Oh, do they get together at the end? Do her and well, the devil live happily ever after? <laughs> oh, he's the Grim Reaper. He's death. Yeah. Does she live happily ever with the Grim Reaper? Yes. Well, no, the only she no, she doesn't. <laughs> she eventually dies. she dies. Yeah. <laughs> and goes with the Grim Reaper. Obvious. No, he he goes back and sends and brings the other guy back to life. It's eventually, not a happy ending. Eventually she end. dies. It's not. And then they get it's not a happily ever after. Don't know. You just have to look they longer. They that. don't show it, so it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> You 
a romance has to have a happily ever after. We don't get that. We get a second chance with the guy who looks like the Grim Reaper. So they get a happily ever after? No. We don't even know if they get together. Mm. Well, I hope so if he wasted his death powers on that. Mm. I'm sure he hopes so, too. <laughs> I mean, she does die eventually. I'm just saying. But after Thelma and Lee, Louise and then he did Legends of the Fall, he didn't want to do anything like that. He didn't want to be a sex symbol anymore. No. He so he did an interview with a vampire? That's... Wait a minute. And he did... Fight Club? Mm-hmm. Such a sex symbol in that. He takes his shirt off. No. He takes his shirt Just off. Just because he takes his shirt off that's your doesn't mean that he's a sex symbol. Yes, it does. He's Brad Pitt. Look <laughs> I mean, at him. Have you seen his abs? I mean, he is Brad Pitt. Look at yes. Brad Pitt. <laughs> but that character is scary. Because <laughs> he's a terrorist. <laughs> Just because some guy is attractive and takes off his shirt does not make him a sex symbol. If that was true, then women would just be drooling all over the beach. Well, Tyler Durden is technically supposed to be a sex symbol. But he's not. That's, that's kind of the point. I mean, that's um, not um, what I didn't say guy. No, no, no. I didn't say guys. Maybe that's what men find sexy. That's what the narrator finds sexy. Ship, ship, let me. I didn't say guys are sex symbols. I said Brad Pitt was a sex symbol when he takes his shirt off. There's a difference. I don't think he is, though. Sexiest man alive that one year, wasn't he? Probably twice. Probably more than once. Um, all right, so anyway... <laughs> I mean, I'm going to make a... Him and Paul Rudd. (laughs) They find out that she is somewhere over the Atlantic, so they know she's on a plane. And Jack is like, meet me where she lands and bring the fun. You have a a, uh, watch. What's it, an iWatch? Yeah. Does it do all this? Does it do that kind of stuff? Yeah. Like find my iPhone? Yeah. If you just just had your watch and you were in the somewhere, could you... It depends on the watch. Depends on if it has access to the internet. So my watch can only do certain things. Um, Like it uses my phone's Wi-Fi because I have them paired together. Right. But if I'm in a place that I'm not, don't have my phone, I would need to have some kind of Wi-Fi for it to connect to the internet. Just like any other computer. text somebody or something? Yeah. Okay. But not all smartwatches have that capability. Right. I was just so curious. So she may She's have one. one I'm sure this plane has Wi-Fi because it's a billionaire's yes. private plane. So she's connected to Wi-Fi so they can track her. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that, yeah. like my watch, I could track it, but it doesn't have, but I, would I can't have text to, right. my watch. I would have to connect to, like it wouldn't automatically connect to the jet plane's Wi-Fi. Like right. I would have to connect to it. I would yeah. have to know the Wi-Fi password right. and get on that network. Yeah. You would still be able to, like if I left my phone at work, even if it wasn't connected to work's Wi-Fi and I got home and I'm like, hey, where's my uh, where's my watch? I can use my phone to find my watch and be, oh, I fucking left it at work, god damn it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. I figured. I just want to make sure. All right. So. Loretta wakes up on the plane. Abigail like, more me? apologizes for drugging People her. People still do that? It's a classic for like, a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I love him, by the way. <laughs> if he wasn't like the evil guy, I, he would be my favorite character. I mean, he still can be. He's not, but because <laughs> he because he's evil. But he's but, like, look, here's the thing. There's a volcano that's going to erupt and ruin the whole thing. So if we don't find it now, we're never going to find it. Also, I found the lost city of D. So now we need to find the tomb so I can get the I can find the crown of fire. And you're the only person that can help me. So you had to come whether you wanted to or not. So uh, once they make it to the island, Abigail shows her the lost city, which exposed itself. Just a tip. (laughs) 
I don't and, get it. Why is that funny? And he bought the southern half of the island and has been excavating for a year. She's, How much money this motherfucker got? He's a billionaire. But why is he looking for this one thing? Because, because he's he, obsessed with treasure. Like, a, you know how much people spend to find treasure at sea? They're looking for shipwrecks and... <laughs> like because, the Titanic, we're because he's an eccentric billionaire. Whatever. Because he wants to be more famous than his brother Leslie. So he is looking for this special archaeological find so that he can become famous. What? Archaeological find. There you go. Mm-hmm. I said it correctly the first time. Roll the tape. <laughs> Roll the tape. <laughs> I said it right. Archaeological find. That's not what I said. We're gonna right. we're gonna ask the judges. Judges, I Judge Fudd rules in my order. <laughs> Judge Fudd rules in my order in my favor. Oh, so God, your dog is itching. He's like, here's all I found. Uh, you get one free hand to translate, but he doesn't have anything for her to compare any of the drawings to. So this she's the- like, how do you expect me to translate this? This is all you've got. I need yeah. more. The weirdest thing is, like, he talks about how, imagine his surprise when some romance novelist translated part of this language, mm-hmm. which, well, you had to have already known what that was, or how would you know she translated it correctly? Yeah. That's the weirdest part of this whole thing. <laughs> That's the weirdest that part of this no whole thing. proof that she translated it correctly. Yeah, she could have just made it up. Yeah, she probably she apparently like it's clear from the book if you read the book series yeah. that she actually has done a lot of research, which many romance novelists do an extensive amount of research before they or while they're writing their books. I some of which have writers. to put footnotes in because people don't believe them. But <laughs> yes, I know some of the one of the authors I follow have a blog that they post on a couple times a week, and a lot of sometimes it's searching for an expert in such such such. If you have expertise in such, 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 then please send, <laughs> fill out the email form on our blog site. Right. So she has done a lot of research, but that doesn't mean she didn't make up the words yeah. and symbols yeah. that she translated. So anyways, um, Dash arrives on the island and sees Jack, who takes the phone and goes to leave. And he's like, dude, I want to come with you. And Jack's like, no, you're just going to be in the way. And he's like, look, I want to rescue her. <laughs> also, I said some things that I want to apologize for. And Jack's like, all right, fine, but you got to stay in the car the whole time. And he's like, all right, I will. And the car is a teeny tiny bright blue. What is that, like a Fiat or something? Something. I don't know what. <laughs> Abigail wakes Loretta up the next I morning. I think it's a Volkswagen. Might be a Volkswagen. He That's says he was going to invite her to breakfast, but she doesn't seem to have done anything yet, so she has work to do. And she's like, wait, 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 wait. I have translated it. It says that Kalamon and his treasure, something about resting in tears, but it doesn't say where. And he's like, okay, you need to do it again and do it better this time. He's like, it shouldn't be this hard. Kalamon was a great man who should have had, who had... Sons of power, he should have had a tower, a pyramid, a ziggurat, something to hold his crown of fire. He just needs to know where it is. And he leaves her to work. She's like, look, dude, it doesn't say. <laughs> he does not believe her. So Jack and Alan arrive in the jungle nearby. And Alan wants to go with Jack. He ends up following him anyway, even though Jack is like, no, dude. Well, he locks himself Which, in the car. Which, so you were going to stay in the car. <laughs> Oh, we had an understanding. This is a breach of trust. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like 
Jack should have known he was going to do this anyways. Yeah. Yeah, Jack should have yeah. known this. Jack's a very smart man. Jack talked high. Jack talked so high he's like, well. just stay close and stay alive. Jack manages to knock out guys rather than killing them, and they get to Loretta. They don't end up having enough time to cut her free of the chair. Men are coming from many directions in other huts. So they stick her in a wheelbarrow and run. The trivia said that the wheelbarrow scene was shot in one take. Wow. <laughs> Is I know I've, I've been having some wine this week because things are crazy. But I was doing my notes last night, and I ended up pausing on this scene. Just so you can watch the whole thing. cracking up. <laughs> the way whole... that Alan is holding her foot. Oh, he, keeps, he keeps flipping his hair back. Uh, Brad Pitt keeps flipping his hair back. It's so great. This whole, the whole, like, when Alan meets Jack at the airport or wherever they are, and then this whole rescue scene to when they almost go off the cliff and she gets flies out of the car. Like, this whole sequence is so good. <laughs> it's just a classic comedic chase, and it's just beautiful. It's a classic comedic chase. Yeah. So they get to the car, and Loretta C-C-C. and Jack have a shared moment over quotes. Hello. And some possible reeky healing. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, are you healing me? He's like, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Or I think so. Or something like that. (laughs) Jack gets shot. And his blood spatters all over Alan's shoulder and face. (laughs) This is so shocking. I remember in the theater. And we were like, (laughs) (laughs) We really didn't see that coming at all. No. So Alan gets Loretta, who's still in the chair. And gets her into the back seat with her feet hanging out. And they drive off. But before he gets her in the car, she tries to get Jack's gun and toss it to Alan. And she's like, here. And she throws it at him and he ducks and they lose it. (laughs) So Alan is very distracted while driving by the blood and maybe brains on his face. Yeah. He's like, get in my mouth. (laughs) I can taste his thoughts. (laughs) So he's swerving quite a bit. And Loretta is not in the car anymore when he stops. Because he almost goes off a cliff and then he like spins out and he's like, oh my god, that was close. And he looked and she's out in the she's back. Gone. And, he, and she fell off the cliff. And he, he's like looking over the cliff like, oh no. And she's like, Alan, I'm right here. She's still zip tied to the chair on the other side of the car. pick her up and she's like, could you get me out of here? Right these stupid zip ties. So she's like, where's your phone? And he's like, it was in the car, which has fallen off the cliff. Because uh, she says, I'll drive. And when they go to get back in the car, it falls off the cliff. So she's like, where's your phone? He's like, it was in there. <laughs> so they're like, oh, shit. I don't know why what she's looking for do? his phone anyways. There's no way you get reception. <laughs> in the jungle? In yeah. the jungle. Well, maybe uh, it's on like 5G. <laughs> so, and they didn't catch the gun, so he's like, if you had said catch and thrown anything at me, I would have caught it. And, and she's like, here is a colloquialism for catch. So back at the dig site, Abigail sees that Loretta took the parchment and he, that he wanted to translate. And he wonders what she has up her sleeve. He tells his men that they might have killed one of them, but his partner is still with her and he must be a very skilled and dangerous man. So, Beth talks to the cops at her house, and they can't help her. 
To them, it looks like Loretta said she wanted to leave and left. Beth is like, look, I have her phone. It wasn't stolen because I had it. Um, I gave it to Alan, who gave it to Jack, the dude that we hired. The policemen are like, look, dude, if she left the country that's way out of our jurisdiction, maybe try the feds. Put in a good word for us. Which, they're not wrong. Like, if she was taken out of the country, local cops are not... No. They're just mm-hmm. not who you call. And either way, she's a grown-up. So they're not going to help you until it's obvious that something bad happens. <laughs> um, actually, in the trivia, it says that... Um, that waiting 24 hours, that's a complete bogus. Mm-hmm. Police will act if you have credible information. Mm-hmm. And this is... It's another one of those Someone took her. Well, they put it in a movie, yeah. so she's like... Um, Tracing a call in yeah, 30 so, minutes yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a lot of that shit that's like, you police. think that's a thing. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of things in but it's also But it's also because... Like when it's I not really that, your business how police work, so... When I bought that hooker and said, if you're a cop, you have to tell me. And she's like, I wasn't a cop, I'm not a cop, and then I got arrested. I mean, that didn't happen. No. I didn't know she was a co-op. Co-op? Oh. So Loretta and Alan climb down to the car and find his phone, which seems quite broken. He shows her that he brought some heeled boots for her. They were the only ones Allison had. Yeah. Well, I guess but he thought she might wearing. want to change. <laughs> and well, the heels she, have come off of she, her stiletti- <laughs> stilettos. Yeah, she broke the stilettos off her heels, which I appreciate this too, because you can't just break the heel off a pair of high heels and walk correctly, and she's walking like real fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate that little bit of realism, because that's another thing that they show in movies, that if you break a heel, you just break it's, the other just, one off, and you're fine. Now. Yeah, now they're yeah. flat. That's not how it no, works. No, it's not. Those things are shaped yeah. like this. <laughs> Friends, you can't see, but Carl is making a sign with her hand going from the north to the, no, the south to the north. Yes. I mean, it this is been also when Alan gives her the cheese and water. And she eats the cheese. Oh <laughs> if you're hungry, you'll eat the cheese. She should If she was really hungry, she would have eaten Abigail's cheese. You don't know if that's poison cheese. He's not going to poison her. He needs her to translate. How does she know that? He's, she's pretty confident at this point, I think. Mm-hmm. I think she would have eaten anything he gave her. Right. <laughs> All right, so she's like, we should find a phone, call the authorities, and wait for a rescue. And he's like, look... I'm the rescue. Well, me and Jack, R.I.P. <laughs> they have to get to the airport, yeah. which, according to the map, is a shortcut through the jungle away. And she's like, we're not characters in the books. I'm not Dr. Lovemore. You're not Dash. The jungle eats people like us. <laughs> so they go into the jungle. Abigail's men find the chair and see the car over the cliff. Loretta tells Alan that Abigail Fairfax, Fair, Fairfax found the lost city of D, and he is stoked. It's like they're in a real Dr. Lovemore and Dash adventure in real life. They hear some guys, and Loretta is like, we need to get into the water. They have us. And, Dash, and he doesn't want to go in the water. He Alan do is like, like, I don't, I don't do water. water. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, if you don't do water, then you're going to do dead. And uh, he tries to cross the water, and she's like, no, we're traveling through the water so we don't leave tracks. And he's like, I she don't She says, I did some it. research for one of my books. <laughs> Which, good on her for doing research, not just making shit up. So the guys are tracking them by finding pink sequins. <laughs> Which is hilarious. 
When Loretta and Alan get out of the water, they think they've lost the goons. Loretta sees something on Dash's back. It's leeches. Mm-hmm. Turns out there's many leeches on his lower back and his butt. And this is the second day of shooting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they, and, uh, Why would you even schedule this to be the second day of shooting? That's just their no, fucking That's with them. weird. Yeah. But, okay, so that's really Channing Tatum's butt. <laughs> and in the trivia, it said they had to film 50 takes. Because he kept cracking up when he would say, it's sucking on my butt like a Jamba Juice. And that's not really that fun. <laughs> it's not fun. But he might have had a couple of drink skis if he's going to be Yeah, well, I mean, if it was muscle. awkward, it might be nervous laughter. We don't know, but... Ugh. I mean, he's got sitting there with his hog out, you know. You just got to... <laughs> so, uh, turns out... Loretta has to get all the leeches off. And, and then she has him turn around and is like, Hello, Mr. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I mean, you wonder, but you don't know until you know. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he's still just very concerned about leeches. Yeah. I would be too. Is yeah. there one of my hoss? <laughs> you would have looked. He would check yeah. that. You would have looked. Absolutely. He, check no that. matter how grossed out you were, you'd check your own equipment. Yeah. So You'd be as, all up in there checking your your dangling the twig, bits, the, yeah, the, the pillar, twig and the berries. The pillar and the stones. As Abigail's main goons look for them in the water, Raffi, who is from the island and hasn't been in favor of the dig from the beginning but needed a job, sings a little song when a leech attaches to his arm. It's something his grandma used to sing that means that if you suck the life from the island, the island will suck life from you. <laughs> And his goon friend is like, your grandma said that? I do believe that man's name was Leslie. Because at one point... One of them is Julian. The mustachioed fellow is Julian. Yeah, I don't remember the other guy's name. So while Alan is still worrying about the leeches, he can still feel them. (laughs) Which I believe is a thing. But uh, Loretta sees a waterfall and walks behind it. In the rock face there, she finds more carvings and sees something related to the parchment that she stole. It says something about Queen Taha being laid to rest in the well of endless tears. Dash finds her and they have a moment, wondering what it must have been like back then to gather here and how much history was made in this spot. She finds that the parchment matches the... Yeah, but she hides it from uh, Alan. She doesn't show him. They see that Abigail's men have caught up with them, and Alan is like, we have to climb up. And she's like, I don't think so. But they don't have a choice, so she tries. Um, Alan ends up having to have to help her because she's frozen, so he gets her to breathe by asking her if she smells that, and then he sticks his head in between her legs to help push her up. <laughs> and she said, is this, what did she say? Like, that's my hoo-ha or something? Yeah. He yeah. says, don't clench, just sorry. ride, sorry just about ride the close into the top. Spiky haircut or something, I forget what he says. <sighs> so they get to the top, and they're elated. Loretta wishes Beth could have seen this. And then she's like, oh, Beth. She probably thinks I'm dead. <laughs> and Dash, or Alan, is like, don't worry about Beth. She's fine. And then we cut to Beth trying to fly to the island. And it's going to take a while. Lots of small flights and puddle jumper plane. Loretta and Alan stop to make camp for the night. She goes through his bag looking for something to help her with the fire. While he sets up a hammock to sleep in. 
which I was like, good on him. He brought. He's he very shit. prepared. Either that or this was Jack. It's not Jack's because it has all that the shit in it. <laughs> yeah, it's out. It had face masks. It was out I mean, in the back, did, but he was prepared. He did plan to come, so he he, he put some stuff together. Yeah. He has a scented candle from his mom, some face masks, and some body oil. She pours all the body oil out to help with the fire. Look, bitch. Put wood on there. <laughs> You're in the goddamn jungle. There's wood. <laughs> she sees his back is all red, and he's like, yeah, this is why I don't do water. And she's like, oh, do you have a cream or something? He's like, yeah, you just used it all. <laughs> yeah, you went through my backpack, and you didn't even ask what this shit was. You just decided that you could use whatever you found. Mm-hmm. Because she's a, and she didn't need to use it all. No, no. It, it was unnecessary. She's a terrible person. Don't trust that being in apartment twenty three. So, uh, so she is like, ooh, and she uses the face mask. She puts him on his back, and while they're doing that, they do a little scene. He says, maybe this is how she should kill off Dash with an eczema outbreak, and she's like, no, that wouldn't bother Doctor Lovemore. And they do this whole scene. Where Dr. Lovemore is not turned off by the scarlet ridges. <laughs> yeah, he's like, how would you write this? And she tells him. <laughs> so, uh, he is moved by it, I think, though. because He gets turned on. Because it's sexy. And then, but she's like, alright, so let's go to bed. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. But, butt to butt with hands out of the hammock. I know. <laughs> Call that married snuggling. Abigail meets up with his goons and brings more goons. He congratulates Loretta, a geriatric shut-in, for giving them so much trouble in the jungle. Raffi tries to get him to back down. People are dying. Is it really worth it? And Abigail's like, I am on the cusp of attaining the unattainable. Yes, it's worth it. So Beth makes it to a nearby island, but her flight to Isla Hundida is delayed because the pilot is sick. A man with a cargo plane, Oscar from the office, is there, hears it, and he offers her a ride in his cargo plane. He actually says lives are at stake. He thinks she says she likes steak. He invites her out for a steak, and then he offers her a ride. She's not convinced he's not a weirdo or a murderer, but she goes with him. Loretta wakes up with her head on Alan's chest and slithers out of the hammock. She goes to reference the parchment again, and he comes up behind her and is like, what's that? She's like, it's not what you think. He's like, I think that's what he asked you to translate. She's like, okay, it is what you think. And he's like, dude, why the hell would you steal it? And she's like, you wouldn't understand. I don't understand. And he's like, they're never going to stop hunting us. And she's like, I know, but this stuff is real. And I didn't know it was real. And he's like, why didn't you tell me? We're in this together. And she's like, why would I tell you? And he's like, "Uh, because... I'm here with you. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I came all this way model. and I actually fucking rescued you. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't respect him. No. So uh, they get into an argument. She's like, um, I know everything I need to know about you. And, she, and he's like, okay, what am I? Or who am I? And she's like, you were homecoming queen and or king in some nowhere town who moved to L.A. to make it big. But once you were here, you realized you weren't the handsomest guy and ended up being chosen at random to be on the cover of a romance novel that was only written because the author couldn't publish her book on Spanish colonization in the Atlantic. And he's like, look, I grew up in Sarasota, 
I started modeling because it was the only job I could think of that would let me travel to the places I wanted to go. Yes, I ended up in L.A. Yes, I ended up on the cover of your book. But I was so embarrassed that people would see me in that ridiculous wig that I didn't talk to anyone from home for months. And then one day, a lady saw me on the street and was so excited to see Dash that I realized I shouldn't be embarrassed. This makes people happy. I should embrace this. And uh, you do a disservice. He's like, I don't care how you feel. But don't, don't minimize what people, you know, the feelings of your readers by calling it schlock. Because she did. She called it schlock. She also liked, okay, he, yes, he's a pretty face, but he didn't come to L.A. and then fail and become a model. No. He became a model so he could fucking travel, which is great. Like, mm-hmm. he's a real person with purpose, not some yeah. fucking dude in a wig. And he's like, if you don't want to write anymore, then don't write anymore. But that doesn't mean that you can go around belittling the people who love your work. So then Loretta here, and they they start walking, but not together, like (laughs) 20 feet apart through the jungle. Yeah, because he, like, leaves her. He's (laughs) like, fuck you. And he doesn't say that, but he's, you know, he kind of, like, dinkleman out. And he starts walking. He skis in his jeans? Yes. And then she hears some revving and tries to whisper, yell at him. Some guys on dirt bikes, sorry, are coming. And they're chasing, chasing and circling and shooting and crouching a spot to think. And she's like, let me think, let me think. And he's like, I have a plan. And she's like, shut up. Let me think, let me think. <laughs> and she's like, maybe we could dig a hole and throw our voices. Can you sound like a bird? And he's like, I have a plan. And she's like, I don't care about your plan. Let me think. And she's like, if this isn't a problem we can solve by making your shirt fly off. He goes, not mine. But you're a walking disco ball, and that's how they keep finding us. So they end up cutting the arms and legs off of her jumpsuit, use it to attract the goons. Then they put the hammock up, and, or they each hold one side, and the goon drives through it. It's on his face. He runs into the other goon, and they both go off the cliff. And then they're like, did we, Whoops. Did we kill them? <laughs> we just wanted to knock them off the bus. <laughs> some people and it was unexpected <laughs> and I love this too she's like well that wasn't us it was just gravity and like, no it wasn't us <laughs> she keeps trying to minimize their role in it he's like I mean if you want to tell yourself that yeah. but we totally killed them yeah. <laughs> maybe they're okay probably not it's no, quite fall then she picks up the pieces of her jumpsuit because it was on loan. Yeah. And, uh, and what are you going to do? Give it back? <laughs> Imagine you, you borrow a car and bring back the pieces. Oh, that's fine. You borrow the pieces back. And she just takes, back. like, so I put it on, I guess, a scarecrow. We'll call it that. And she just picks up the stick and carries it. Like, and she, at one point, is using it like a walking stick. All right. So Beth and Oscar walk, talk a little about her predicament. And he's like, look, you're always looking out for other people and never for yourself. And he invites her to go to Hawaii with him for another job he has. And they can go to the beach. She's like, um, you're weird. Who's flying the plane? How about you go fly the plane? Because <laughs> also he has a goat that is his best friend. That talks to him. Yes. So uh, Loretta and Alan make it to a town. They talk to the authorities about how she was kidnapped. Loretta calls Beth and leaves a message that she's alive and sorry for blowing up the book tour. She was scared and selfish. 
Alan tells her that the police are going to look for Fairfax and they will provide them protection while they await a plane out. They should go to the inn and get cleaned up. Loretta showers and then sees Dash dancing with the locals. She goes down, sits at a table, and ends up dancing with him while the lady that he was dancing with before starts to sing. And uh, it's a folk song and something about the well of endless tears. Loretta stops dancing and is like, hey, what did you just say? <laughs> What's the well of endless tears? And the lady says, it's a sinkhole place. And Loretta pulls Alan aside and is like, I thought it was a metaphor, but apparently it's a real place with a sinkhole. And he's like, dude, there's a sinkhole on the map. And she's like, oh, shit. And he's like, you want to go to the sinkhole? <laughs> and she's like, no, I don't. And he's like, yeah, yeah you, you do. do. <laughs> he's like, all right, I'll get some stuff. We'll go. And she seems surprised that he's all on board to help her live this dream. <coughs> he says, look, it's your, it's your life. Sinkhole, it's yeah. your story. You figure out how we're going to write it. If you want to go, let's go. Which she didn't. It's so funny because she acts like she didn't want to go. But why did you steal this thing? Yeah. Why'd you steal it? Why'd you steal it if you didn't want to go? What were you going to do with it? Put it up in your house and just dream of maybe one day getting the D? (laughs) So he goes to make arrangements, and when he gets back, he sees Loretta being pushed into the back of a tank because Fairfax and his goons have arrived to take her back. He does own half of this island, so the authorities aren't looking for him. They know where he is. They know who he is. (laughs) Yes, they informed... Him where she was. Yes. So. Excuse me. And they're going to take her back to the dig site. So Alan runs around asking everyone to trade an auto for his watch. It's a very expensive watch. Did you it's notice what kind Bul- of watch it was? Yes. Was it expensive? Bulgari. It's not, not super expensive, but it's <laughs> probably between five and $10,000 watch. I mean, that's Worth a super a, expensive uh, South American moped. <laughs> It's more expensive than any watch that's currently in this house. True. But in the grand scheme of expensive watches, mm, not really. But to trade for a vehicle in, in this island. That's probably worth a couple hundred it's, bucks, yeah. It's definitely a luxury watch. Yeah. It's lower end luxury, but it qualifies as a luxury watch. Well, you know, they make jewelry predominantly, so it's a very well-known brand. Like I said, Bulgari, you know, you've heard of it before. Uh-huh. So, there you go. All right. So. But why do they have these? One dude offers a motorcycle on the That's tank. That's a moped. He's like, Abigail Hell yeah. explains that one of the goons has a problem with Loretta, Loretta since his friends had a motorbike accident. And he starts the villain monologue about uh, his younger brother and the company. And he gets interrupted because a motorcycle is honking or a moped. Muppet. Uh, <laughs> Abigail gets up and he's like, "What? Who? What is happening?" And he's like, "Is that a Kendall on a motorbike?" He <laughs> swears he knows this guy too. He's like, "I have seen this guy before." And they play Final Countdown. And is like, "Nope, you've never seen that guy. He is a combat specialist who was forged in the fires of Afghanistan, Mount Doom, and, or the furnaces of Afghanistan, Iraq, Kuwait, Sarasota. <laughs> yes, <laughs> perfect skin, no eczema problems. Jacksonville." He's the reason the guys on the motorbikes perished, and you need to pull this tank over, or he, you will also perish. 
And and uh, by then, Alan has caught on the back of the tank and climbed up, but he s- loses his balance as his face smushes into the window. And Abigail's like, no, that's your cover model. <laughs> <laughs> Which, all those things could be true about him, and he could also be a cover model. That is true. It yeah, looks like you can get a, a used Bogart for about three grand. So we do have watches more expensive than that in this house. What? It's <laughs> <laughs> still still worth the South American market. <laughs> I think what? my watch was expensive and it was less than two hundred dollars. What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Look, Shale's you've been said shopping it before, and you'll say it again. You don't comment about his watch. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> So when Cross was here, right, he had to move all his shoes out of Cross. Not all of them. He had to move a majority of his shoes out of Cross's room, and they were everywhere. There was, I mean, I saw something. I was going to show you. You couldn't like for your shoes. And yes. I'm like, do you even know how many shoes you have? Nope. Do you even? And he's like, no. And I'm like, look, maybe you should just look at them all because <laughs> it's out of control. I do remember going, wow, I forgot about these. <laughs> There were so many shoes. And I don't ask these questions. I don't need to know how John is spending his money. If he wants to spend money on that stuff, it's fine. But I am concerned that there are watches in our house that cost more than $3,000. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, I lost my spot. All right. Um, He sends a goon to the top of the tank to kill Alan creatively. Mm-hmm. Loretta decides to have the offered drink from earlier and she goes to pour herself some and spills everywhere and they're like have you never used a glass before what the hell dude and she's like ha 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 and then she sits next to the dude who's smoking the cigar gets very close to him talking about how hot it is in the tank and well, Abigail is like are you flirting what are you doing are you trying to be hot I don't understand or sexy this is weird what are you doing I and thought about it. We got a bunch of those, put them all over the house. Yeah. Elaine would not like it. She no. spills her drink How do you know? on this dude's lap. A bunch of floating shoes around the house, you wouldn't like that. I might. <laughs> I don't care if you want to display your things in our home. I would care if you display them in the makeup room. <laughs> I mean, but I don't I have don't a wall care. of shoes like you have a wall if of we, nail polish. We have a giant wall in the dining room. If you want to make that a display wall for shoes... I support you because no, I don't it's want to go our house. house for shoes. I have and I don't a room care for if shoes. your stuff is in every fucking it's an room. odd room to choose. To but it does have that really big wall. Shoes, but it does have a big wall. You could wall. install one of those library ladders. Elaine's <laughs> <laughs> like, look, we can get into this. <laughs> you like Elaine wouldn't like that. Why do you know you didn't even show me? And Elaine likes things. I don't care. Elaine likes things. That needs to be a T-shirt. Elaine likes things. And I like you. I support you and your weird hobbies. It's like I told Tony, I don't care if you want to display dinosaur fossil pictures and transformers and whatever. I don't care. And he's like, I don't want that to be where people see it when they come over. I'm not embarrassed by it. <laughs> I, don't I don't want it to be in like the main room. It can be in the side rooms and stuff. In my office, I have that stuff. Don't, you don't mm-hmm. have to hide your freak flag, honey. You can let that fly all over this house. <laughs> I bought you Rocky art. Yeah, I was going to say, we do have a picture of Starscream on the hallway. Uh, yeah. Framed. <laughs> and I'm fine with it. 
And I bought you encyclopedia pages of dinosaurs. And they're in my office. They're in the office. Because you do know we're adults. No one checks on They're in the office on the wall. I'm saying, I told you. We can do whatever we want. We can have cake for dinner. We haven't finished painting it yet. That's the thing about being a grown up. That's the thing about green, being a grown-up. No one is policing you anymore. You get to like what you like, and you get to do what you want to do. I would rather it be in my office. All my stuff is in my office that I like like that. All right, so she spills her drink in this dude's lap, and it goes up in flames. And I had to watch this three times. Yeah, I stupid. still Amanda explained it to me, but I'm still like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I think it's because his cigar had ashes were falling, I guess, yes. maybe. There was enough... Ridiculous water in that alcohol and just would have gone out. It wouldn't have immediately ignited the entire tank. There's Johnny Walker blue label. I don't know how flammable that is. <laughs> Not, that flammable. Not that flammable. Not that flammable. That would it be gasoline. It doesn't like yeah. set the flame or the tank afire. They do put it out. Yeah. yeah without be... even a fire extinguisher. Well, so <laughs> I'm just going to say. They just kind of stand there looking at it. It is a, a luxury time. tank. I mean, maybe that carpet is not fire retardant. Oh. <laughs> So, anyway, but this causes enough of a distraction to let Loretta end up driving the tank somehow. I'm, I'm telling you, I watched this scene three times, and I still don't know exactly what happened. At some point, the driver gets <laughs> shot. There's lots of swerving. Alan's on the back trying to hold on. There's commotion. The dude who went on top of the tank ends up getting knocked off by a branch. Another guy comes out. Bang stash up a bit. Once the fire's under control, the goons quickly take back the tank. And uh, both Dash and the goon come back inside. Abigail has a gun on them now. And he's like, look, you're going to help us. This is not one of your romance novels. This is real life. And I will kill Alan unless you tell me where the tomb is. And then we see Beth arriving on the island. She goes to the authorities. They tell her that they are closed. And she's like, look, I'm tired. <laughs> I have been working so hard for so long before my friend got kidnapped. And I'm so tired. And I just want some wine and a massage. And if you can't help, and I'm sure you're, you're tired and you've worked <laughs> hard too. But if you don't help me, people will die. And then we cut to a boat in the water. I love this. I, I really like the character of Beth, and I love this speech. Because you expect it, her to go, and you're going to fucking help me. But that's not what she does. She's like, I know you also work hard, and you deserve your rights, but please help me. Like, she, she does it the way a real person would. And it, instead of demanding their help, like, you would kind of expect from a movie to write, which I really love. Mm-hmm. And you think when you see this boat that it's her. That's what they lead you to believe, but it's not. It's, <laughs> it's Fairfax. It's Fairfax and Rafi and Julian and Loretta and Alan. Rafi says it's too dangerous. Abigail is like, look, we'll be careful then. They go in a cave at they, the sinkhole place. Yeah, there's not really a good entrance, so they have to go through the caves. And Julian leads... <laughs> And uh, uh, Loretta goes Just next, then Alan, then Rafi, and Fairfax is at the end. Um, Alan slips just before the big guy. It was because at this point we didn't know his name really, or we had learned it. And because they're like, Julian is his name? He his looks name like a Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> so Alan slips, and Julian is like, ha ha, be careful. And then he falls to his death. I have no 
Officer Superior with this one. No. Dude is dead. Wow. <laughs> Carly immediately accepts a death. Yes. I immediately accept this death. Um, so they come to a dead end. And Abigail's like, look, we have to keep going. And they're like, there's nothing here. And he's like, I feel a breeze through this small hole. Go through, Loretta. And she's like, what? Well, at first, <laughs> at first, Alan is like, I'm sorry, what? That's not human sized. <laughs> and he's like, he's... speak for yourself. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe is so little. I was going to say, she's not the smallest one by any means. <laughs> Mr. Potter. So, they force Loretta Mr. Potter. first. She starts to freak out. You should like get your Hufflepuff ass in uh, You better Wingardium earlier. Leviosa his ass in there. <laughs> but Alan talks her through. Yeah, he's like, do you smell that? And she's like, yes, I do actually. <laughs> He's like just hit thousands of years of battery poop. <laughs> and she makes it to the other side. Once she's through, Alan is forced through next, even though he really shouldn't fit through that hole. And then Rafi and then Abigail. And uh, it's beautiful on the other side, in the middle of this sinkhole place thing. Um, the tomb is there. Abigail does not understand why they would put it here. How are people supposed to remember how powerful Kalamon was if they can't find his tomb? And Loretta's like, this isn't a monument to his power. This is a hiding place for his grieving wife. She didn't want people to find them. She wanted to be alone. <laughs> and he just doesn't get it. The volcano starts a rumbling. They go in the tomb against Rafi's will, and they're forced to open the tomb, or the sarcophagus. Inside are two skeletons and a crown of seashells. And uh, and he is pissed. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not... It's shells? <laughs> it's not rubies. It's red seashells. And the story of their courtship is on the walls. Kalamon searched the island for rare red seashells and brought Taha one each day for a year made them into a crown until she agreed to be his wife. It was never about riches. It was about their love. Abigail is incensed. Lame. He forces Loretta and Alan into the sarcophagus. You made Achilles look up. He went. (laughs) (laughs) And tells Rafi to shut them in. That's dog for lame. Before he shuts the lid, Rafi drops his crowbar into the sarcophagus. They shut it and run back to the boat. Rafi runs ahead of Abigail and leaves without him. Yeah, he does. Abigail is like, what the fuck are you doing? And Rafi says, you might have bought the island, but now the island owes you. (laughs) Or owns you. And uh, Abigail shoots at him. But Rafi is out. (laughs) And uh, Beth sees this boat drive away and sees this man on the sand and stops her rescue boat and they rescue Abigail who says he's never seen a brunette lady in a sequin jumpsuit and that local just stole his boat and he needs help and uh, he's like is that lady in trouble though (laughs) (laughs) Back in the tomb, Loretta says she used to think this sort of thing was romantic. And uh, Alan apologizes for not being able to be her Dash. And she's like, look, you're right. You never could be Dash because I could never write a Dash like you. You, uh, They talk about the adventures of Loretta and Alan and how they both were kind of looking forward to seeing where this went. 
and Loretta pulls at a bone that's poking her and realizes it's a crowbar that Rafi was trying to help them escape. So they manage to get out. Before they run away, Loretta drops her wedding band in the sarcophagus. The trees are on fire. The cave entrance is blocked by debris. They, they don't know how they're going to get out. And she sees there's a current in the water, so they decide to swim for it. He said, worth the rush. <laughs> and they dive in. They really have a lot of choices. Yeah. Nope. So they make it through. But Loretta surfaces first, and she can't find him. She can't find him. She thinks she killed him. And then he surfaces, and they're immediately found by Beth on the boat, who's like, look, I found this English dude. <laughs> and they're like, that's the dude. That's the bad guy. <laughs> that's the bad guy. And she's like, what? There's a security dude on this boat. And he completely misses it. But Oscar tackles him. He's like, dude, where were you running to? It's a boat. <laughs> Anyways, they get out of the water when... Uh, Alan pulls Loretta up out of the water. She goes back into author mode. She writes their next book about this adventure. Allison reads the book to Beth's Nana as they lounge on a beach cabana in Hawaii, I'm assuming, because Oscar's there and he yep. says, See, I told you, the most beautiful beach in the world. Yep. He pours drinks for everyone. Beth reminds him that he is her platonic man friend. And she's like, I, he's like, I don't know what that means, but I'm into it. <laughs> And uh, then we see Loretta and Dash at the shore. And uh, it's the end of this book tour. Alan asks, what is next in Latin? And she answers in Latin, but he doesn't know it. Like, I only know that one phrase. That one phrase. <laughs> I like that. Good for him. <laughs> he asks her to write the scene, and she says, no, you write the scene. And he describes everything, everything exactly as it is. He's nervous. The only thing that can compare to the pulsing He's of the ocean the is the throbbing of... And she's like, no, no, you can't come out of the gate with throb. you got to build up to throb. That's the chapter four thing. Yeah. And then they make out first chapter Hello. Make out on the beach. The end. And the volcano explodes and they're probably all dead. Okay. Right. Except, the uh, well, drops. this is in Hawaii later. Because it's got um, magma. Yeah. What's when mine? they're someday in the future. I don't know. We've done multiple movies about volcanoes, and they, none of them are real. They always live. Yeah. <laughs> Even when they don't know what lava is. <laughs> so uh, later, at some point, they're in a meditation class, and Jack is there behind them, and they're shocked to see him alive. And he says, No, it's cool. I have some anger and resentment, obviously, that I have to work through. But I did survive, and I'm fine. And He's then like, they start to look nervous. So I said, you know, I only use, you only use 10% of your brain, so I just switched to a different 10%, and that's not how that works. Yeah, yeah that made me twitch a bit. John, <laughs> so Tony that. goes, I think we might have lost John right there. At the very end, post-credits scene. Post John hates that false fact. It was the but he thing loves the ever. movie Lucy. I do not love the movie Lucy. Well, that's Scarlett Johansson's in it. <laughs> you can't make him pick between false fact and Scarlett Johansson. I mean, someday I might pick that movie just so we can shit on it. Ooh. I don't want to talk about that movie. It's on <laughs> HBO or something, and I'm not watching it. It's just, no. She's great in it, though. She's a wonderful actress. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Lovely. Chill, oh. stop it. All right. So, what'd you think, John? Oh, hey, hey, I need you. You're the one that hadn't second. seen it before. No, it's my book. I know. I don't like it when you look at my notes. I'm not looking at your. I'm not looking at your notes. My favorite character, 
I thought about this long and hard. It turned out being um, Alan. Because while he's a doofus, he really tries hard and he means well. And um, he's not written like a total himbo. So good for him. Um, my least favorite character is um, Loretta. Because she's just terrible. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene is the escape where they go and rescue her. Um, with uh, Jack. With Jack. Mm-hmm. My favorite line is, I have a hamster asshole. You have a hamster's <laughs> asshole. It was a comma. <laughs> it's just it's like, ooh, write that down. <laughs> and what I forget, my favorite tertiary object. I'm going to go with Brad Pitt. All right. <laughs> I will allow that. <laughs> He was a little bit more than tertiary, but we'll take that. Ah, come on. He's in one scene. We're fine. Yeah, I'll allow it. She'll allow it. It's her birthday. It's her party and she'll cry if she wants to. And I'll give it a soft yay. They didn't stick the landing as well as I was hoping. And that post credit scene, we're going to pretend it didn't happen. Because that 10% brain thing is the dumbest fucking thing in the world. You use all of your brain every goddamn day. Most of it does things that you don't even know. Like Breathing. I don't think you use all of your brain every goddamn day. Most days. You probably don't use all of your cognitive reasoning and or your memory. <laughs> you use most of your brain every day. If you're up and moving around and doing things, you're using your entire brain. Yes. Different parts of the day. Anyway, moving on. All right, Tony Tones. Tony Tones. My favorite character new- is a tie between Jack and Dash. Mm-hmm. My least favorite- Alan. <laughs> Whatever. It's all right. My least favorite character is Loretta. Um, yeah, my favorite character is a da- is a tie between train or my favorite scene is a tie between trainer infiltrating the base and when Dash comes up on the moped and they start playing Final Countdown and it's like <laughs> it's like this big scene but it's not really it's just a joke. <laughs> I have three favorite lines just in case anybody took mine. <laughs> so go with your your most asshole? favorite. Um, I think it's uh. His brains are in my mouth. I can taste his thoughts. He did like to train people. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite tertiary object is Abigail's jet that has vertical takeoff abilities. <laughs> like, okay, G.I. Joe, I don't know how you're doing that, but sure. I guess if you're a billionaire, you can buy BTOLs. But, and uh, I'll get it. I liked it. All right, Elaine. My favorite character is Alan. He's just great. Um, my least favorite character is the sequin jumpsuit. <laughs> That's not, not a character. character. Yes, it is. <laughs> and it's awful. Um, it's it is how they find the them. Yeah, it's just, it's stupid. And it didn't, it, it's just dumb. I it hate it. It's very dumb. I and, hate it. And pointless. My favorite scene is a very small scene, but it's when they wake up in the, when they are on top of the mountain, and she wakes up and she slips out of the hammock and then she pulls out the thing and then he's like, what is that? And they have the fight. Uh-huh. I just, I really like that scene. So that's my favorite scene. My favorite line is, I'm going to go with, is that a Ken doll on a moped? <laughs> <laughs> Made me laugh. And my favorite tertiary object is his tank. Oh, oh yeah. It's really good. One of it my is. it's a very nice tank. He's one like, of my backup why lines. Why can't a tank have a mini bar? Yeah, I always thought. <laughs> why can't you have a mini bar in your personal tank? Um, this movie is 
uh, silly and campy, but in a good way. <laughs> and the characters are not exactly what, like, they're kind of stereotypes, but they're not exactly stereotypes, which I think makes it interesting. And it's just a fun time. So I give it a yay. Highly recommend. Highest of yays. Ooh. Really? All right. My favorite character, also Alan, but I gave a nod to Jack. My least favorite character was Allison, that social media chick. Oh, I yeah, she was terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My favorite scene, when Loretta and Dash argue about her knowing exactly who he is. Such a good scene. <laughs> but I extended it until the guys perished on the Oh, that's good. <laughs> I mean, the chase scenes, the escape scenes, those were all good. Like when she's like, let me think about a plan. He's like, I have a plan. My favorite line, this is not a situation that can be fixed by taking your shirt off. It's in there. And she says, not mine. <laughs> and my favorite tertiary object was the blue car. But it was good. I also really liked the little town they found with the dancing and the singing. Yeah. And like, how weird is that? That's... I was going to pick the car if you didn't let me pick Brad Pitt. <laughs> All right. And I also really liked this movie. So. Well, I hope so. It's your I birthday pick. Shit. I was thrilled to watch it again. <laughs> My backup lines were, you're like a human mummy. Mummies are human. And then the other one, the driver, when he goes to try and get in uh, Loretta's car, mm-hmm. he goes, let me in, let me in. He goes... I'm not helping any more handsome strangers. Not again. (laughs) What? I also enjoyed, I'm a woman. I can't mansplain anything. Well, I'm a feminist, so I think a woman can do anything a man can do. (laughs) I also enjoy um, a geriatric geriatric shut-in left you holding your dicks in the jungle. Good job, Loretta. (laughs) With the clap. There's something about the way he claps. It's so good. Wow, Europe, the band playing this song, made an album in 2017. Really? Wow. <laughs> I guess it wasn't the final countdown. All right, well, please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast. Email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. Has anybody emailed us? No. no. We keep asking. Come on, Ben, no. at least send us an email. <laughs> you think that Audra would send us an email? To be sarcastic. <laughs> I know, you would think... Tune in next week on the podcast for Elaine's perk pick for Happy Carly's birthday. birthday. Um, so I'm going to go with the movie Mona Lisa Smile. Not, Happy birthday. Not Killer Clowns from Outer Space? No. Uh, no. no. That Mona was Lisa your birthday. Smile. That's Julia Stiles in it. You like her. Not Back to the podcast. <laughs> There's lots of people in that movie. This song makes you want to watch um, Rock of Ages again. Nice. Mm-hmm. Recently listened to that episode. Pretty good. It's good. It is a good episode. And then for like three days, the song, uh, like the I Wanna Rock, Rock, was just stuck in my head. And just randomly, I would start singing it. Little Twisted Sister? Yeah. So. It's a good song. Anyways. Just a really good song. (laughs) When this came out, I had hair. (laughs) 